The peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Let's turn and greet one another. Morning. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church on this oh-so-cool morning. But we're cooler in here than it is even at the beach today, aren't we? Um, if you are visiting with us, we're especially glad that you're here today. And you will find on each one of the pews a friendship pad that's near, thank you, that's near the center aisle. It's a black folder, and we'd love to have you fill it out and let us know you're here with us, whether you're visiting or whether you're regularly here, and then pass it down the row so other people can fill it out too. You can see the announcements of the week. Next Sunday, we have an adult education class because we are beginning to celebrate the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, which is this fall. So we are doing that in several ways, including a class next Sunday that is actually a Rick Steves movie about the Reformation sites in Germany and the story of Martin Luther. Rick Steves, uh, the travel guy, is a devout Lutheran, and he made this because of the Reformation anniversary this year. So that will be at 10 o'clock next Sunday morning. The other thing that's happening next Sunday morning is besides worship, is that we have a sneak preview of the silent auction that it's going to be at our gala dinner the next week. So there will be lots of items for silent auction at the dinner, but we know that not all of you are going to be able to be there. So next Sunday morning, there are some silent auction things that the silent auction is just next Sunday morning. It'll start next Sunday morning, and by the end of the morning, you will know whether you've won whatever it is that you have uh, put in your bid for, so you can come to adult education while you wait to see whether your bid has come in during the 10 o'clock hour. We hope that you'll join us next Sunday morning. You'll see that our choir is back next week and that they invite you to come to a choir rehearsal to taste and see what that's like and see if that might be something that fits you. That is this Thursday night at 7.15. Also, the Sacred Story Prayer Group invites you to learn this way to pray 15 minutes a day, and they will be having an information meeting next Sunday morning after second service. If you are interested in possibly doing it this year, it would help us if you would express your interest at the cart on the patio. Also, we have a women's study that is beginning this fall that is going to also be um, studying one of the documents of the Reformation, the Heidelberg Catechism. They are doing that in a contemporary book called Body and Soul, which is by Craig Barnes, who is the president of Princeton. It's a very uh, user-friendly book about life today and how the Heidelberg Catechism speaks into what it means to belong to God body and soul in contemporary life. She, that is signing up on the patio today. It is a study for women. Our children's uh, homework club is starting again this fall. You can see the dates on that. And also, if you would like to participate in some of the Hurricane Harvey relief, ha we have a couple of sites there that we suggest as places that you might want to donate. The flowers this morning are for an anniversary, 61st anniversary. Myra and Esley Kalman, wow, wow, 61. Congratulations, congratulations. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Jeff, will you lead us? Join with me now in the prayer that's already going on for you and me in heaven. So would you join with us? Our Father, you are in heaven. 
You are in the joy of the fellowship of the Son and the Holy Spirit. So draw us now, Holy Spirit, by your tether into the worship that has been happening since the foundation of this world, in which we can participate today, in which we can find joy and peace and happiness. Be with us now as we worship. Draw us in to what you're up to in this world. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The Spirit, through the words of the Psalms, call us to worship. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time on and forevermore. O Lord, o Lord of hosts, happy, happy is everyone, everyone who trusts in you. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. O Lord, o Lord of hosts, hosts happy, happy is, is everyone, everyone who trusts in you. Who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high? who looks far down on the heavens and the earth. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. O Lord, Lord of hosts, hosts happy is everyone who trusts in you. Praise the Lord. And so this morning we sing the psalms together, Psalm 150 to the tune of the Easter hymn, Christ the Lord is Risen Today. Church, let us stand as we sing together.
Come to the Lord and confess to him our need for him. Let us pray. God, we long to follow you, to walk in the way that you have shown us, to know your commandments and to practice them wholeheartedly. But we confess that we are easily distracted, lured away by our own interests and desires, enticed by the attitudes and practices of the world around us. And so we pray together. Forgive us, us, O Lord. Turn our eyes away from the things that distract us from your way, from the attitudes and behaviors that sidetrack us, from our desire to know you better and follow you more closely. Give us a hunger for your word 
and your, and your ways. Show us where true life and happiness are found in knowing you and in doing your will. And so hear us as we bring to you the silent confessions of our hearts. For we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. My friends, happy are we, holy are we, when we walk in the ways of our God. Happy are we, blessed are we, as we receive God's forgiveness. Happy are we, God's own, because we are made whole through Jesus Christ. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God. Amen. This morning, Jeff, uh, Reverend Dr. Jeff McCrory will be preaching for us. Jeff has been ministering in a ministry in Long Beach for a number of years, leading a mission station in that community, and that doesn't happen on Sundays so much, so on Sundays he's been playing in our praise band. And we have loved having you and your wife Barb here for a number of years, and now Jeff is heading down to Escondido as their interim pastor for the next several years. So, Jeff. We look forward to hearing you tell us God's word, teach us from God's word. So this morning, as a part of this sermon series on the Psalms, we get to revisit some things that we did in the past, and that is singing Psalm 1. And so this morning, if you'll pull out the music insert, you'll find Psalm 1 there in very much the manner that they would have sung it in the first church and in the Jewish synagogue. You'll see the first verse, happy are they who have not walked in the counsel of the wicked. And I'm going to sing that first verse for you so you can see the pattern and how it goes. The organ is also going to play with us and part of the tune. And then I'll invite you to sing the remaining verses, two, three, four, five, and six. And so we'll sing the entire Psalm 1. They sang it this way so that it would be easier to remember and to memorize, just like we sing the alphabet song we sing the psalms. And so hear now God's word as it comes to us from Psalm 1. Happy are they who have not walked in the counsel of the wicked, nor lingered in the way of sinners, nor sat in the seats of the scornful. Together. Their delight is in the law of the Lord, and they meditate on his law day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, bearing fruit in due season, with leaves that do not wither. Everything they do. Shall prosper. 
Augustine once said, I believe it was Augustine, that when we sing, we pray twice. So you have just prayed twice as you have sang uh, God's Word. Let me take just a moment of personal privilege to thank you as a congregation for what you have been and done for us these last seven years. Seven years ago, Barbara and I left as a pastor of Geneva Presbyterian Church right up the hill. Very difficult passage for us. We're there close to nine years and we had served other churches back in Washington, D.C., and then also Boulder, Colorado. But when uh, we came to you about six years ago, actually, uh, we left seven years ago, and to tell you about it, we didn't want to go to back to church. It took us a year to get back into a sanctuary, and when we walked back into here, we were singing right back about halfway back, back where John and me are, about right there, and we began to sing holy, 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 and tears began to pour down our faces because of the reception we received from you all. So I want to thank you for the way you have been family and body of Christ to us. My older brother Jerry, my sister Kathy, I look over here at Brian and Jackie, and down in the front row, Margie, and this nest over here has been wonderful. I am so going to miss sitting over here, being able to play some hot licks and have some fun with the guitar and to sit under the leadership of Beth, who is, I've been around a lot of uh, worship leaders, and I've been a worship leader all my life, but I've rarely ever been around one as talented as you have in Beth. So I just want to thank her for that. So Yeah, you can do that. She's a sister in Christ to me, but I want to thank all of you for who you have been, what you have done for us. I just look out at faces out here and how you've come up to us and, you know, people that, like you, Susan, last week, and um, I'm looking back here at Art and Rini and people that have been involved in the Sacred Story Prayer and Margie, and I remember John. John's been coaching me through this uh, experiment that we've been doing up in Long Beach. That's going to continue on, by the way. Alice, I see you sitting here. Uh, I'm wonderful. I, it's like birthing a baby for me up in Long Beach. Nothing had been done like this before. We now have an urban mission hub that is thriving. When I went up there five years ago, there were 12 people on Sunday mornings. That was it. That was it during the week. We have between five and 600 in and out of the building every week uh, being ministered to in an ecumenical sort of way. That's going to continue on. I'm going to stay on the board up there. But what we're going to be doing for the next few years, I'm a pastor and I'm a professor. That's what I do. That's who I am. And I am taking a position as the transitional pastor. That's what they're calling it now instead of interim. That means you help congregations through a change they're going through. All of us are going through changes now in the Western world in Christendom. Right, Jerry? Amen. Everyone. So I'm going down to Escondido to help a church, Westminster Presbyterian Escondido. It worships about the same amount 
that we have in here, and it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it, but I am so going to miss all of you here. So thank you. Uh, you've been a blessing to us. My wife is going to continue on here. I think she's going to become a deacon. So that's going to be exciting for her. She'll be down there some, but most of the time up here with you all. You are starting a series on the Psalms today, and I'm thankful that the session invited me to preach as we begin with the Psalms. That's been one of my foci uh, as an Old Testament professor. I love the Psalms. I've taught on them time and time again. As I thought about this series, I thought, reminded me of the lines from the sound of music. Let's start from the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. You can sing with me if you want to. When you read, you begin with? When you sing, you begin with? Do, re, mi, do, re, mi. The very first note just happened to be do, re, mi. We start reading. We start singing. But how do we start a spiritual life? How do we start a walk with the Lord? The Psalms were written, and they are written, I say that, were written and are written, to start us on a spiritual journey or a spiritual walk. Now, I was talking to the worship group this week, and one of the things that we don't know about the Psalms, at least most people don't know, we tend to pick individual Psalms, but the Psalms tell a story in five stages. There are five books in the Psalms. For Israel, it was a journey from David as the young king after God's own heart to the Lord as king by the time you get to the end of the book of Psalms. Book one, a lot of individual complaints that David makes. When David's this young man, he's being chased by Saul around and hiding in caves, running from his son Absalom, the man after God's own heart, the one that you and I tend to love. Book two, all about the Davidic kings. All the kings show up in book two. We're reading Psalm 46 and 47 and 45 this last week. It's about how wonderful the king is. Well, the kings weren't wonderful. They were bad folks. So the book two tells that story. Book three is all about the exile and what happened to the people as they were brought into exile. Book four, the only place in the Psalms where you have a Psalm of Moses, Psalm 90. Why is that? It's because they began to think back. What was it like when Yahweh was king? The other kings are not good. Let's go back to the wilderness and learn once again. And then book five, the Lord is king. The Lord is king. The Lord is king, dominated by that great psalm, Psalm 110. Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. So the psalms tell a story. They, they take us on a journey. A journey, if you look at the first part of the Psalms, from lament, complaining, to praise. Do you know what the most prevalent psalm in the book of Psalms is? An individual complaint. <laughs> Human nature, right? From an individual complaint to a praise, from sad to happy, from the blues to a love song, if you want to look at it that way. Why have you forsaken me? all the way down to let everything that breathes praise the Lord. We sang a version of that a few minutes ago. They also moved from the individual, David hiding in caves all by himself, to by the time you get to the end of the book of Psalms, everyone's together. We're all in this together. We're in the body of Christ. We're in the great congregation. Why have you forsaken me at the beginning of the Psalms? 
Let everything that breathes praise the Lord by the time you get to the end. And from the kingdoms of this world that you see at the beginning of the Psalter to the kingdom of God. Jesus had the Psalms on his lips more than any other piece of Scripture in the Old Testament. Why? I think he learned something about the kingdom of God from reading the Psalms. Now, every journey has a beginning, and today we start from the beginning. How do we begin? If you have your Bible, I want you to pick out your Bible. I'm a big Bible person, and I think looking at it on a written page is important. Get out Psalm 1, because we're going to be walking through Psalm 1, because this is how we're beginning this journey into the Psalter. Psalm 1. As you get it out, the first word that you see from Psalm 1 is happy, right? Sometimes in some version it says blessed. I don't like that as well. Happy. Now, happy, even in our own culture today, is not a very religious word, is it? Happy. It's the word ashray in Hebrew. It comes mostly from the Proverbs. And the Proverbs, there's no such thing in, in the Bible as sacred and secular, but there is more in the street language and more in the, in the liturgy language. This is street language, happy. It's like asking someone, how's it going for you? And the thing that we all say uh, if we have kids, we just want our children to be happy. Or back in, this will date me a little bit, back, you remember this? I'll start the whistle and you can hit, hit the refrain with you. Don't worry, be happy. Bobby McFerrin. Or for some of you that are a little bit more uh, contemporary, it might seem crazy what I'm about to say because I'm... There you go, Pharrell Williams. <laughs> happy. Now the Psalms defined happy, and this will be strange to you, as living in the rule of God or in the kingdom of God. Look at Psalm 1 verse 1 says happy, right? Look at the end of uh, Psalm 2. What does it say? Say it to me. Happy. So Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 are supposed to be meant to read together. Happiness, and then Psalm 2 is all about who is ruling things. Happy. Living in the kingdom of God, in the rule of God. What does it take to live a happy and a flourishing life? Isn't that a wonderful question? I was talking to one of the elders this week and said, oh, that word happy, oh, it's so misused. And I said, Yes, but it's a wonderful word to ask a question about. What does it mean to live a flourishing human life? That's what happiness is all about. Now, Psalm 1 is a happy practice, and so I want to walk through that psalm with you today. If you read Psalm 1, verse 1, it says, Happy is the person who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, and in the way of sinners does not stand, and in the seat of scoffers does not sit down. Now watch this. Happy is the person who does not walk, watch what I'm doing, who does not stand, and who does not sit down. What am I doing? Walking, standing, sitting. I'm becoming habituated into something, am I not? I'm walking through life, I am stopping and paying attention to something, and then I'm sitting down into it. Happiness 
is the result of being habituated into a lifestyle. It doesn't come natural to us. It's something we learn. Now we can say, I'll just do what I want to do. Well, that's what you're learning then. It's learning to live in a lifestyle. Now, verse 2 reads this way. But this person's delight is in the law of the Lord. Is that what your Bible says, law? Don't you love that word, the law? I heard it. <laughs> now you're out on the freeway and you're headed up to Long Beach like I do all the time and you see everyone passing you by and you think, oh, come on and push that speedometer up a little bit. Then all of a sudden, I always remember one day I uh, was trying to get off and I forgot you couldn't get out of the, um, the uh, carpool lanes, you know, while those double lines are there and I got off and whoo, 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 whoo. Well, but I, you know, a few minutes later, the law got me. Here comes the law. Do you like the law? You know, we often say you hear this, and I think it's an improper juxtaposition, gospel and wrong reading of the Bible, but that's the way we tend to think. This word in Hebrew is the word Torah, and it comes from an interesting word in Hebrew. It means to throw something, throw something. Hmm. There's an old mountain climber technique that when you're in a complete whiteout condition and you're above timberline or it's very foggy and so forth, you pick up, I'm going to use this later for uh, an a object lesson, but you pick up a rock and you throw it out ahead of you and if you hear bang, 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 <laughs> I can walk, right? Now if I throw out a rock and I hear nothing, should I go that way? No. So this is the root of the word Torah. It means a way to walk that is successful, walking into delight. Now, the Jews, we tend to hate the law, but the Jews, even to this day, they love Torah. They have a wonderful ceremony called the Simchat Torah, and what they do in that ceremony is they take the Torah scroll, and they all dance around like this, and they hold it up. Isn't it wonderful that the Lord gave us instruction so that we can live in joy in the world? Isn't it wonderful? Delight in instruction. What delights you? Get something in your mind right now. What delights you? This gives you joy. Well, I was sailing yesterday. That delights me. There was no wind out there much. I took a young man that I mentor as spiritual directee and his son out, and we bounced around, and he got to see seals, and he got to drive the boat. Now, he was driving like this all over the place, but it was just, it, that gives me great joy. Also, music gives me great joy. I love playing with all you all. To me, mm, just music, music, oh, wonderful. And I like dogs. And I'm excited for Beth because tomorrow Beth gets her little Sunday, the new wiener dog. Amen. <laughs> what delights you? Wouldn't you like to be instructed in the things that delight you? Wouldn't that be fun? That's what Torah is all about. You get instructed in things that are going to delight you. Isn't it a joy? We Protestant Christians have so misread the Old Testament because we read it from Luther's 
arguments with the medieval Catholic Church. And so we misread things and we inject all this stuff back and we wonder why Jews are running around rejoicing in the law. It was a gift given to them. They never thought that, oh, I, in order to get God's grace, I have to obey the law. No, they thought God loves us and has given us this so that we might live into it. Uh, happiness happens, though, through instruction. Augustine would put it this way, we have to follow the ordo amoris. We have to order our loves, and we have to learn those things, what to love, what not to love, so that we can live in joy. You and I just, I heard the other night I went to, to a concert, and I heard this woman kept saying, I just got to be who I'm got to be, and I just got to feel what I got to feel. And I thought, how do you know that's healthy for you? I would hate to follow my desires all the time, Jerry, wouldn't you? not be a whole lot of fun. So we have to order our ways and our love. That's the way Augustine thought about maturity comes to ordering the things that we love. Now, verse 3, the last part of this. And in this instruction, this person meditates day and night. Now, when you think of meditation, what do you think of? Om Shanti, 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 Om. Sitting very still, not making a whole lot of noise. This word for meditation is the word haga in Hebrew. It's anomoad, I can't even say it. Anomoad, like, anomoad, I can't even say the word, but you know what I mean. It sounds like what it is. Ha ga 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 ga. It means to chew on things. If you go and look it up in the Old Testament, you'll get translations like this. A lion growls. It's this word. A uh, dove's coo. That word. Uh, animals chew. Politicians. Psalm 2. It's the same word. Plot things. Like this. Well, I brought you a little object lesson today because this, we have a two-year-old Labrador. His name is Angus, and we love Labradors, and I even I used to have a Great Dane, too, so good for that. This is uh, Angus's marrow bone. I will go down to El Toro Meat Market every once in a while. I'll buy a bag of marrow bones, and I will give one to Angus so he can sit in the backyard. It's full of fat. This is what the Old Testament talks about, eating the fat, you know, it talks about that. He'll sit in the backyard for three to five hours. And you go up and say, Angus, time to come in. He looks at me like, leave me alone dead. This is what it means for us to meditate upon God's Word, to chew on things until we kind of work it out. Happiness happens when we chew on stuff when we grumble about it, when we chew on it, when we go after it, meditation. And finally, we get down to verse 3. This person will be like a tree that is planted or transplanted along canals of water, which gives the person gives forth fruit in its season, its leaf does not wither, and all which this person does prospers. Trees, what are trees supposed to do? Grow. Any of you have fruit trees? What are they supposed to do? Bear fruit. We have a Meyer lemon tree in a pot in our backyard. This is the little tree that could. 
I mean, it's propped up with all these different uh, stakes and so forth. I mean, it's not more than this big, but it puts out hundreds of lemons a year. There's even one left on it from Christmas because I learned from a friend of mine who was a citric person, leave it on there, Jeff. It's better than putting it in the refrigerator. I got one left from Christmas. But now there are hundreds of other lemons around there. I have a sprinkler system that's going into it, a drip system that goes into and feeds that thing. I gave it citrus stuff the other day just to keep it going. The image here is a tree that is planted on purpose by a canal of water. This is purposeful irrigation and nurture of a tree so that it grows well. This isn't just a wild cottonwood in Colorado growing along the stream. Someone put this here, and it's supposed to nurture. It's not a river, but the uh, translation of this word is the same word that's in Psalm 46, a canal that makes glad the city of God. The purpose here is that happiness, you and our happiness, happens through intentional nurture. You've got to Make a decision to train yourselves into happiness. That sounds stupid, doesn't it? Train into happiness. One of my spiritual mentors, mentors, Dallas Willard, once said, if you're trying to change something in your life, don't try. Train for it. Train for it. Sometimes we can't do things in our life, but if we train for something else that's similar, you'll find that you can now do the thing that you used to not be able to do because you've trained for it. Training. Well, down to verse 4 through 6. You want to be happy? Do you all want to be happy? Not everyone does. I've been the pastor at 36 years, and I finally figured out some people just don't want to be happy. They'd rather be grumbly. Are you humbly grateful or grumbly hateful? Change your attitude. Remember that little song? You pick it up in verse 4 through 6. Not so are the wicked, for they're like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked, they're not going to stand up when God weighs things in the judgment and sinners in the congregation of the righteous. You'll notice here, God doesn't say they're good people and they're bad people. Wicked people are those who choose to be that way. That's strange, isn't it? Go read C.S. Lewis's wonderful little book, The Great Divorce, and he has a great insight into that. Wicked people, people who choose destruction. Righteous people, people who choose right relationships. In fact, this word righteousness, I don't like to use it anymore because it sounds like a church word to me. When I see Tzedakah in the Old Testament, I think right relationships. What does it mean to live in right relationships with other people? The psalm does not say, verse 6, if you end it, therefore the Lord knows or is acquainted to, it's the word yadah in Hebrew, it means to have intimate knowledge with something. The Lord knows the way of the righteous, but it doesn't say the Lord punishes the wicked, does it? It says the way that the wicked choose just perishes. It doesn't go away. God doesn't punish and reward, God says, here's the way. At the end of the book of Deuteronomy, choose life. Live in it. Don't choose destruction, but you and I sometimes choose destruction. You want to be happy? Psalm 1. Do you want to live in the kingdom of God? They're the same question. Now, I want to end this sermon with a practice. You all are going to be 
practicing the Psalms all fall, and this week you're supposed to look at Psalm 1. I want to end with a practice. Psalm 1 offers a practice, and uh, I would all offer you each a marrow bone, but this is uh, the background of this. Chew on instruction, Psalm 1, verse 2. It's an ancient practice of using our bodies in our spirituality. In fact, I, think, I love that bodily spirituality. There's a wonderful book I've been recommending to everyone I see lately called, by Rob Mole called What Your Body Knows About God. What Your Body Knows About God. We tend to think spirit body, that's a wrong juxtaposition in the Bible. Our spirit is our whole body directed towards God. I used to say when I teach Old Testament classes, you don't have a spirit, you are a spirit. You don't have a soul, you are a soul. That's what it means to be in the presence of God. So I'm going to give you something that uses your body. It's a technique called a breath prayer. I use these all the time. In fact, it's last night and I woke up in the middle of the night thinking about the sermon. I started doing breath prayers because I wanted to engage my body with the Word of God. Jesus did this all the time. For example, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 22. Psalm 31, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Breathing that again and again and again. Why did they remember that in the New Testament? Because he did it all the time. The desert mothers and fathers practiced this in the third century. Uh, we practice this even now. Some of you know the Jesus prayer. Jesus Christ, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Very ancient prayer, but you breathe in and breathe out. The idea is you take a short piece of scripture and you use your body to chew on it. You use your breath. Let me give you an example. I use these all the time. Last night, woke up thinking about this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or Psalm 31. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Or one I use a lot from Romans 8. It's a little bit modified. Brendan Manning used it all the time. Abba, Father, I belong to you. Abba, Father, I belong to you. Or what I read yesterday in Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I'm going to teach you one from this psalm today. You can use it this week to think about Psalm 1. You breathe in, and you say, my delight is in the law of the Lord. Do that with me. Let's breathe in. Take a big breath. My delight is in the law of the Lord. And you breathe in again. I meditate on it day and night. Do it with me. I meditate on it day and night. Let's do that whole prayer together. Breathe in. You can close your eyes if you'd like. My delight is in the law of the Lord. Breathe in. I meditate on it day and night. So in the stillness, Lord, breathe into us the breath of life so that we might live by the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray this. Amen. Give in the delight of the Lord. I will delight in the law of the Lord. Psalm 119. Then like a tree firmly planted, I will be.
week so many of us have been grieving with our brothers and sisters who've been affected by the floods who've lost so much in Texas and Louisiana and India and Bangladesh and also with those who have lost so much in the face of the fires that are raging and so as Jesus spoke to the storm that was raging and to the people who were so afraid peace be still Today, we are going to speak to the storms in people's lives and the storms that people have experienced. Um, I invite you several times during the prayer to, to uh, repeat the refrain, peace be still. It's not in your bulletin. Peace be still. Let's pray. Gracious God, we see your creation and its power both to heal and to destroy You've shown us the limits of our control. In your mercy, you are teaching us hard lessons of trust. Despite our best efforts, we can't always avert disaster. Storms and floods and fires sometimes find us, but you are there. Your voice is over the storm. As Jesus spoke to the storm, 
So we speak together, peace, be still. To all who are in distress, we say, peace, be still. To all who are awaiting rescue, we say, peace, be still. To all who have lost possessions and homes, we say, peace, be still. To all who are displaced, peace, be still. To all who are losing hope, peace, be still. To all who are exhausted, peace, be still. To all whose lives are flooded with storms and wreckage of other kinds, we say, peace, be still. May the peace of Christ enfold you and the provision of Christ support you. May the love of Christ encircle you. God sits enthroned above the flood. You, O Lord, sit enthroned as ruler forever. May the Lord give strength to afflicted people. May the Lord bless them with peace. Amen. Let us be seated. In the book of Acts, we learn that the followers of Jesus were known as the followers of the way. To be a follower of Jesus is to ultimately come by way of the cross and the resurrection to the table of our Lord, where we celebrate the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was Jesus who said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This morning we come to him, people from east and west and north and south, to sit at table in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Let us worship the Lord and give thanks in prayer. Kathy. Oh, Lord, we do give you thanks. At your word, the earth was made and spun on its course among the planets. Your hand formed us in your image and set us among all your creatures to love and to serve you. You called Abraham and Sarah to journey with you to the land of promise. When we were slaves in Egypt, you broke the bonds of our oppression and brought us through the sea to freedom. You fed us with manna in the wilderness and brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey. When we walked away from you, you kept faith with us and called us back through the prophets to turn again to you and your ways. We give you thanks for Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, whom you sent to deliver us from the bondage of death and slavery to sin. The cup of suffering which he drank has become for us the cup of salvation. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and wine, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be for us the body and blood of Jesus Christ and may truly feed us and nurture us for the journey with you. Give us the eyes of faith to see you present with us here. To your table you bid us come. You have set the places. You have poured the cup. And there is always room, you say, for one more. And so we come. 
running, limping, carried, we come. Hungering for your bread, we come. Thirsting for your wine, we come. Singing your song in every language, faithful God, we come. And we pray together as you have taught us, saying, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy Thy kingdom kingdom come, come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The Apostle Paul was writing to the church at Corinth when he said these words, I deliver unto you what's also been delivered unto me, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood. As often as you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Our ushers will bring you a road of time. We ask you to come, take a piece of bread, dip it in the cup, commune, prayerfully return to your seat until all have been served. Let us worship the Lord. Would our elders please come?
will be your strength for the journey. We close with a wonderful song from the prophet Isaiah. It's called The Trees of the Field. You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. What a great song for those of us who are trees and wanting to be trees. And, the, and it says we will clap our hands. Presbyterians, are, we have a hard time clapping our hands. So I'm going to encourage you maybe to have, your, have the person next to you hold the bulletin, and maybe you can be the designated hand clapper this morning or something. But I will lead you in the claps. They're in the bulletin. Uh, if you don't know the song, it's number 244, but the words are in the bulletin. So trees, we're going to go out with joy and be led forth with shalom. And the mountains and the hills are going to break forth before you. There'll be shouts of joy. Amen. So let's stand as we sing this song, Trees of the Field. We'll start kind of slow. You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth before you. There'll be shouts of joy and all the trees think you're a wonderful Jewish congregation singing Simchat Torah. Yes. Go forth out of here with the ironic blessing. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.